0: delighted to be joined on Football CFB today by the man that Forbes describe as the most powerful sports agent in the world. He is the chairman and founder of the Stellar Group and Gareth Bale's agent, as I'm sure lots of people will know as well. Jonathan Barnett, thank you for joining me.
1: Pleasure. Pleasure.
0: The the first thing I want to talk to you about, Jonathan, is the life of a football agent. Lots of fans see agents really as, as... people who come to the fore when it's the transfer window, they're moving players around, they're negotiating contracts, but there's a big part of that role that involves duty of care. Could you just explain what the role of an agent it looks like on a day-to-day basis?
1: I think the first thing to explain is we're not one-man bands running around with the, with, in camel coats with a cigar, um, standing on the sides of a football pitch. This is a, an image that the press mostly tried to bring in, um, and obviously from prehistoric times. But just to give you a concept, we employ over 100 people, um, we have offices around the world, and we're a major corporation. And I think uh, just that's just the basic outcome. We, the day of our job is simply to look after players. And by looking after players, I mean, from A to Z. So it's not just about negotiating his contract or doing anything else. It's the full, full thing. You've got to understand that a footballer has a limited time uh, career. It's not one that's going to go on until he's 70. So it's very important that he's correctly looked after. And that means that A, obviously his contract's got to be right. And B, his life has got to be okay. And we, we do all that. So we'll do everything that's necessary to look after the player. And if it was only uh, to work f- when, the con- when the transfer window is open, I'd have over 100 people laying on the beach. But I don't, <laughs> they're working every single day, or they better be. And there's lots of things to do with looking after a player so that when he retires, and that's the most important thing, he has enough income to be able to work if he, because he wants to, not because he has to. And that is our job. And we, we fail if a player has no money at the end of the day. If one of my clients has earned money and retired with no money, then we have died. I don't owe anything to football clubs or anything else. My duty is purely to the player. And you've got to understand one thing. Um, Years ago, and I always use this as an example, when Britain, when England won the World Cup in 1966, the agents weren't really around then. And the the team that won that are our greatest team ever. I think, I'm not 100% certain, but at least eight out of the 11 have had to sell their mementos to survive. Because clubs don't look after the players. That When they are of no more use to the, to the club, they don't look after them. So we have to we take that role and we don't have to answer to anybody else other than to the player. I hope that explains to you what we do. Absolutely. And based on
0: the current situation, um, COVID-19 has affected society in so many ways. How has that changed your role as an agent? Because maybe you can't communicate with your clients in the same way that you normally would face-to-face.
1: Well... You know, first of all, we don't speak to them every single day. Um, I'm not there. For, it sounds cr- horrible, this. I, am me, as the chairman of the company, I'm not their friend. I'm there to do a job for them. I don't think they want me phoning them up every day and say, how you doing? So, that's the most important thing I understand. And second of all, during this time, it is it is important to find out how they're coping with the, with everything, to explain to them what's going on, and to look after their interests, their interests, everything, and that's what we do. So, it's more making sure that they're okay during the during this uh, COVID period. It's a horrible time. We I mean, we're all closed down. I'm talking to you from my home, um, so it is not it's not a great time, and we have to manage it. But we'll see everything through. The players are coping. The Premier League is playing again. The Championship is playing again. So not in the most ideal circumstances, but fantastically that they're playing. And we'll look after them, make sure they're all right.
0: You, you mentioned the fact football's returned in England. Obviously, German season's finished now, over in Spain as well. What have you made of football returning without fans at the games from a personal perspective?
1: From a personal perspective, it's not as good as watching it being tactful. It's not as good as watching it like a uh, crowd. It's amazing the difference. Um, especially... When you watch football, from, I mean, I have players in every league in, in Europe. Um, so when I'm watching a player, a team with one of my players in, it has an added interest. But if I'm watching two German teams play with no noise, I think it's, it's hard to watch, I'll be honest with you. Premier League is slightly different because that's, I'm English and that's not the love of my life. So you get a bit more involved, but it is hard. It is hard. One of the but things. Sorry, but it's very important. Everybody's luck is it, having been stuck at home for three months <laughs> with no sport. It's fantastic to have it back on.
0: Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think as well, it's, the, the fact that it's become a sort of feast of football with at least a few games every day has been
1: incredible. Yeah, for me, it's fantastic. My wife now wants to kill me. Really? So. <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, laughs> The beauty of it, we've ceased speaking. We've had three months of trying to speak to each other. Now I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, one of the things that I'm really interested to get your perspective on, because it affects your industry, is the, the, the proposed FIFA reforms, commission caps, greater regulation of football agencies and agents. What, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a move in the right direction, or do you think it's quite archaic in its, in its thought?
1: I think it's an absolute disgrace. I think what FIFA are claiming and what they're saying is, is disgraceful. First of all, with all due respect to FIFA, if we go back and say how many people in FIFA have been committed crimes and how many agents have committed crimes, I think that speaks for itself. I don't know, I, don't, you, I hardly know an agent that's been committed, committed any crime. I know a lot of FIFA players only today, one the ex-secretary, general secretary, being banned for 10 years of FIFA. So for them to get on their high horses and saying they're doing this because they're, they're worried about um, money laundering or this or that, well, prove it. Don't just say it, show me the evidence. Everything that we do is for the player. And it's not fair FIFA and to say that they're doing it, they're lying. FIFA are lying. It's, I personally think they've just jumped on a bandwagon to make themselves look good against all the problems that they've got. And I think it's disgraceful. I also think that they're heading for a big war with us, with agents, because, because it's, not, it's not... What they're proposing is, I think, illegal. I think we are gonna have arguments but the most important thing of all, they didn't do proper consultation with, with anybody. Do you know, you say I'm the world's most powerful football sports agent. Whether I am or not, I'm one of most powerful, one of the biggest companies. No FIFA or has ever walked into my office and asked me what we actually do for a living. All they talk about is transfers. And they, they don't know how important we are to a player no football player knows anybody at fifa and yet they're saying they're trying to help FIFA players that players aren't asking for their help players have agents because they wanted to if they wanted fifa to help them they'd go to fifa i don't think anybody's phoned fifa up yet today i'm not sure and said, can you help me it's a fallacy what they're trying to do and it's wrong and obviously it's also illegal the i think what they're trying, all these rules they're trying to implement without proper consultation is a disgrace. How would you
0: propose that it, the system moves forward to ensure that it is fair and it works for all, including the players, as you've mentioned? What's fair? Well, The system in terms of agents and commissions and regulation, how should it move forward, in your opinion, to ensure that it runs as smoothly as possible?
1: But it does run smoothly. I don't see any players, hardly any player. I don't see players complaining. I look after a few hundred players. I don't have anybody complaining. If they didn't want to be with me, they wouldn't be with me. I hope what I've done is earn money for players. If I earn somebody 10 million pounds, they don't begrudge me one penny of my commission. If I I only earn that player one pound, they would begrudge me every penny. So, no players are begrudge me. Clubs, the actual tables when they come out, it's a hell of a coincidence. If you look the last few years, the clubs that have paid agents the most money are the clubs that have been the most successful. It's, it can't keep being coincidental. The ones that moan about the agents are the least successful clubs. Strange that, isn't it? It's <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's interesting you say
0: that because you're right when the tables come out. That is the way it looks. And as you've rightly said, when a club is doing well, um, no matter what league they're in, and their agent's fee table comes out, nobody really comments on that because they're being successful, as you've said. It's, it seems to be the narrative is when a club's not doing well, that's when the agents get the blame, but when it's going well, that's all brushed under the carpet.
1: Yeah, if a club's going broke, it's not because they've paid the agent too much money, because I don't think, I might be wrong, but I don't think any um, agent has ever pointed a gun at a chairman and said, you've got to pay me too much, you've got to pay me this commission. It's a complete fallacy. They pay what they think is what players, whatever the deal is, they play the word. The player agent gets, we can't stop a deal. This is where some people get confused. If I, with all due respect, if I get you, if you wanted to go to a bigger, a bigger job, I don't know, somebody offered you a job for, for 50 million pounds, i guess you stupid, 50 million quid more, and they won't pay me my commission. So I say to you, sorry, you can't go to that job because they're not paying me my commission. What would you do? <laughs> I would pay you the commission. you told tell me to piss off, basically. <laughs> right? Yep. And that's the truth. So this, this stupid fallacy that an agent can stop a deal is wrong. But we're entitled to get... We earn money for our players. We're entitled to get paid. And it's nobody else's business except that the player and myself, how much I get paid. And for FIFA to interfere or anybody else is pure and utter stupidity and jealousy.
0: Well, that's that's what I was going to come to next in terms of that. Because of the success that you've had and the Stellar Group has had, Is it your opinion, you said jealousy there, that because you've been so successful there are envious eyes that look towards yourselves and think, right, we need to try and bring them back into the pack by creating rules such as this?
1: There's always going to be jealousy. I don't think, funny enough, I don't think, I'm very friendly with a lot of agents. Some of the big so-called super agents are some of my best friends. I don't think there's a lot of jealousy amongst agents. The the good agents. There might be some smaller agents that, with all due respect, may have some jealousy, but that really is irrelevant to me. I don't think there is agents. And I don't think, as I said again, the clubs, that if you look at the, especially in the continent where I work as well, so in Italy, in Germany, in Spain, the agents there are very, are very well received by... By the, uh, by the clubs. There's no problem. It's slightly worse here. In England they don't seem to respect, some of the lower clubs don't seem to respect the agents quite the same. But at the end of the day nobody killed, nobody's taken a gun to apply to a club and no club has gone broke because they bought one of my players. They may have gone broke because they didn't run the business properly and that's something entirely different but
0: Do you think this summer it's going to be a buyer's market rather than a seller's market because of the current situation?
1: I don't know. It's hard to answer because it all depends how well the clubs are run. Unfortunately, I heard today that Wigan have gone into receivership. Yeah. Um, And that is, I heard, that is the most crazy story. uh, there's, There's a lot of reasons behind that. I don't think it's to do with the COVID virus. Or anything like that i think there was a lot of internal problems with the person who bought it etc i don't quite know exactly but i think that's a strange one it's a very strange deal so but i don't know that um i don't know how it's going to play out i think they're gonna have to think carefully before buying or selling because uh if you can't get your right money then hold on to the player if you have to sell because your your finances aren't right, that's something different. So, I, I, however, I think <clears throat> certain players that say if you've got a valuable player and you don't have to sell him, then you can help wait another year or so. So it's it's difficult. One I'm of not sure it's going to be a buyer or seller's market. It may be, be a smaller market.
0: One of the things I want to put you on the spot by asking you: there was a report recently in the Athletic. That claimed that Gareth hit one of your clients was offered to clubs in the MLS is that true
1: I'll tell you let me let me tell you something the standard of journalism generally in the 30 odd years I've been in the business is at the lowest it's ever been it, if you look at the Spanish papers especially for Gareth some of the articles written in England are disgraceful they don't check their facts They just write stuff for the sake of it. And it's a shame, but it's true. And just to put that question right, he's never been offered to anybody by us, because I don't, or to reality, I don't think so. And he's never been rejected because he's never ever said he's wanted to go there. Well, he said he might be interested one day, but so that story is completely fictitious. And it's disgraceful. That's not the first fictitious story that's ever been said about Gareth Bale.
0: Well, that's the thing in terms of yourself working with Gareth. He's, he's based in Real Madrid, and every single summer there is endless speculation, as you well know. How do you, you and Gareth handle that? Is it just business as usual? And if a move comes up, that's when you'll deal with it.
1: Yeah, the truth is, 99% of the players don't give, a, don't give anything, couldn't care less about what's written. It's insignificant because nobody believes it anymore. You know, the days of the, the, the really good journalists have gone. Um, and so the players don't even read it. it. It doesn't affect them. It really doesn't, what's written. Um, I probably get more upset than Gareth does about what's said about Gareth. Cause it's, and they bring on experts that wouldn't, if they saw Gareth Bell in the street, they wouldn't recognise him, these experts. You know, it's, it's just lunacy. But at the end of the day, he's got a very nice life. I wouldn't worry too much about it
0: <laughs> I'm not saying it will happen this summer but you, you mentioned earlier you love the Premier League that's the bread and butter of your football would you love to see Gareth back in the Premier League one day?
1: No, I think uh, I think those days are gone he'll be 31 in the, I think next week or the week after um, he's got a very nice life I'm not saying it couldn't happen if somebody phoned up They'd have to make him an incredible offer. Um, The sun is shining, and look at it, it outside your window. (laughs) I'm, and it's it's quite cloudy and rainy. (laughs) Have a look, and it's like in Madrid.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, It's it's one of those things where you'll know this from from working with clients around the world. With Gareth, it's a unique situation of a homegrown player as such playing abroad. Is that what you think drives the, the constant speculation even more so than ever with Gareth? Because, in a sense, with the UK press, he's out of the picture because he's in Spain and that's why maybe they feel that he's an easy target to write about.
1: I think that, yes. I think that everybody here thinks that the, you have to be playing for a, 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 in the Premier League. The Premier League is far superior. The... Uh, who wants to go and play in the Spanish League? Well, it's not bad. They're a good league. Look at the European results. So you can have a nice life in a nice country. Um, it, it, it takes time to adapt. And you do. And I think the British press anyway, which you know I'm not that grateful of, but uh, they think they like to write. They don't want to keep Gareth Bale is probably one of the greatest sporting heroes Britain's ever had. Because if you look at his record, he's one of the few truly world-class players that's played, in, you know, if you look at the world over, over the few years. He's won so much. Unfortunately, uh, he won't win the World Cup, unless I could be mistaken. But, <laughs> but he probably won't. But everything else he's won, and he's scored great goals in those tournaments. And he's one of the, and one of the best exports that's ever gone out of Britain in soccer. And instead of lauding him and instead of building him up and praising him, the press only looked to knock him down and there's no reason you know years ago um, when Gareth won the uh, the award uh, the PFA Player of the Year award um, that night he brought his his mother, his father, his grandfather and his sister and his brother-in-law to the awards from Wales. And they came in, in a people carrier. And then they went home in a people carrier with Gareth. He was The next morning, one of the newspapers wrote with an article saying how he, they saw him, he was seen dancing in a discotheque in London on the tables of the club. They ran that story. They got sued and they had to pay damages, but they ran that story. And instead of praising him, they looked to find things. And he was—it was close. He was only about hundred something miles away. <laughs> I'm, I'm conscious of your time, Jonathan. The
0: last question I've got for you—a um, broad question in terms of the Stellar Group you founded the company. It's now gold. with my partner David. With your partner, you you founded that together. It's now global, as you've said. It's a corporation. It's massive. Just how proud of you? Of, of, how proud are you of that success? And how did it all begin?
1: It began with David and I sitting around uh, and working at a, at a kitchen table. We had no money. And we we wanted. Uh, we started in cricket. Um, we're very proud of what we've achieved, um, but it's been by hard work and. And doing well for the players. Um, I think we've grown the reputation. Neither of us played football. So, you know, we didn't have the background, but we've employed the right people, um, we've listened to people, and we have some skills, negotiation maybe, um, public relations. And I think we're very proud that we've built up this business. Uh, and hopefully, it'll go on for many, many, many more years. But uh, it came from nothing. We worked, for, and nobody gave us anything. But what we've done is by, by doing some of the best contracts ever in, in, many, in five leagues, four leagues, uh, so that we prove proved to players. So nowadays, players hopefully come to us. But believe it or not, I haven't been to a, a training ground in probably 20 years. <laughs> so it doesn't work like people think it does.
0: That's Thank you very much for your time Jonathan I'd love to, to have you back at some point as well um, And get into even more discussion Thank you so much for your time
1: probably, probably we'll get killed for this interview But it doesn't matter, we'll live So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make
0: our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song They'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean ocean, I will make her home in a deep sea cave and her shells will all be open, I'll
1: be filled with song, I'll be filled with song.